Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. Folks, another fascinating episode coming up today. What makes a good conversation? Is it a topic that everyone's interested in? Or is it about being a good listener and knowing what to say and how to say it? This week on Real Health, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Harry Barry to chat about the importance of really good connections and how to improve our relationships. His brand new book, The Power of Connection, helps readers to improve their emotional connections, which can transform our mental well-being. Dr. Harry Barry, a very big welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Carl. Lovely to be here. It's great to see you. How are you? Not too bad at all. It's been been a very strange couple of years, Carl, where I think we found during the COVID pandemic, which we will not talk about, uh, um, but I think what we found during the pandemic, just how important emotional connections are, we suddenly realised... What would what would our lives really be if we took everything away from us and our ability to talk to each other, our ability to be with each other face to face? And you know something? It was a very strange time for so many people. Okay, the introverts loved it because they could go quietly away from hands up over here for those who <laughs> for those who are listening in. I, I as an introvert, I absolutely but, loved but it. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the difficulty for many, many people was even for the introverts, you know, when what happened when they had to come back home, come back mm-hmm. out again and, yeah. and start mixing again. Yeah. And the second big challenge, of course, to our emotional connections is is the old smartphone. Do you know what I mean? And let's face it, the smartphone is 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 a pretty uh a pretty uh, amazing invention. And when you combine it with social media, it's, it's, it's had enormous benefits for us all. But from, a, from, a, from a, a practical point of view, I really do worry about our young people, particularly those people, say, under 25, under 30, who are becoming really increasing. They, they see their whole world through, through the world of social media and the smartphone. Now, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But it, it can't be done at the expense of one-to-one, face-to-face mm-hmm. emotional connection because that's really where, that's the way that our brains and our bodies have evolved over over the last hundreds of thousands of years. And we can't just suddenly in the space of 10 to 20 years just drop that and say, well, that doesn't matter anymore. We can talk to each other over a Zoom call or or we can we can text each other or we can whatever. We can use social media or whatever. So I think it's really important that we we learn. We we go back to these basics, the very simple basics, listening and conversing and nonverbal cues and empathy and all these important skills that really make up uh, our lives. And is that what you see that we we we're we're, still, we're rapidly evolving? away from those very basic skills because yes. of technology and, and smartphones and, and the hubs that we're connected to. Absolutely. I, 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 couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, my concern really was that, that, that to a certain extent, the pandemic really consolidated what was already happening. And there's another it's a very subtle one that's coming down the track, and that's the world of blended working, which is wonderful for so many people. But the more that we find ourselves in our box rooms at home, not, not, not properly... 
connecting with each other. And, you know, our, our lives going to become very uh, inert and dead and empty. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's really important that we we, we just name these as potential risk factors. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That we need to be watching for. But we, it, we need to solve that by getting back to improving our own our own personal skills, do you know what I mean, in this area? And, you know, just like the title of the book, The Power of Connection, the connection happens when we get together and we chat. Exactly. And Irish people Irish. are renowned for being good at the old chat, or, or are we? Well, do you know, I think, you know, I I do feel that we are the world expert at, at, at the gab, do you know what I mean? But I do, I am concerned that we, we're losing that a little bit, do you know what I mean? But we're, we're becoming little bit more withdrawn and that's not really good for us. Do you know what I mean? Because I think it's a one. I mean, what makes Irish people so special when when we go to America, for example, why do why do we have such a because we are so open, because we are so we are curious. We want to we want to find out about people's We're lives. Nosy. We're no <laughs> we can call that. No- you were saying it very nicely. Yeah, I'll call I'm it what it that. is. No, but do you know something? <laughs> the, the, the power of wonder and curiosity, you know, I, 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 we can call it being nosy uh, and, and, and maybe you're right. But, you know, in some senses, it's yeah. wonderful. It's a wonderful skill and it allows us to kind of reach people. And that's what it's all about. How do we reach one another, you know, from an emotional point of view? And the, the, that's what this book is really all about. And there's lots of kind of relationships between loneliness and, and that lack of connection and people's physical and mental health, isn't there? Well, I mean, we know that the biggest single uh, concern for many of the health authorities at the moment is actually loneliness. I mean, in Ireland alone, there's probably about 400,000 people, do you know what I mean, are really, really lonely. And uh, many people are, are alone, but they may not necessarily be lonely. Loneliness implies a, a sense of almost like a failure in yourself that people don't want to be in, around you and all the rest. And, you know, the, the less connected we are face to face, the more lonely we're going to get. So if you want to really do something about your loneliness, improve your social connection skills, and suddenly, you know, you, you'll find that all these opportunities start to open up. But you have to learn the skills and you have to practice the skills. And, you know, um, one, of, one of my big concerns is that if we as a people choose not to develop these skills, that we're going to pay a high price in years to come. I was saying to somebody there just as I was coming in, I think we will return to this book in five to ten years time with a new sense of, ah, I get it now because we're losing it, but we're not we're not even recognizing we're losing it. And it's only when something begins to gradually disappear out of our lives and our lives start to develop that emptiness. And I worry that a lot of people would say blended working, although there's so many pluses to blended working. Of course, there's so many pluses. I, I worry a little bit that maybe there will be a cost and maybe there'll be a cost to our overemphasis on social media and the distraction that our brain is is, is, is getting affected. So, you know, we, we should start really and look at the practical skills here. Do you know what I mean? So uh, I, I try to in this book to divide the book up into four key groups of skills. We call them verbal skills, nonverbal skills, people to people skills and personal skills. So for me, verbal skills are the key ones, really, for starters. Mm. So verbal skills are all about how we listen or, in fact, how we don't listen, because, you know, we all think we're great listeners and the Irish particularly think we're great listeners. But actually, do we really hear more and not listen enough? Because hearing is coming from the bottom up. 
listening is coming from the top down. And if we're really listening, we're listening in, in for key, three key things. We should be listening for the details of conversation. And how many of us passively listen? We half listen. Uh, that's interesting, that's interesting. But actually, at the back of my mind, I'm thinking about what's for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing is that we don't listen for the emotions. And if you want to find the, the quickest way to somebody's heart, even romantically, or to make a personal connection in business or in relationships or in friendships or in family, emotions is the way to go. So if you don't sense the emotions coming from another person, then you're missing a critical part. So really to focus on the emotional content of a, of a, of a, of a communication between two people. And the third practical one is the whole world of listening for the silences. And we are terrible at silences. We want to rush in and fill the silence. And yet I learn more in my area, in the mental health area, from the silences than I do from anything that a person says. So, And I, is that someone's... Uh, comfort in silence because uh, some or... people are some people are very comfortable in silence but some people are what actually is happening is they want to say something but they're waiting for you to give them the space or they're thinking about will I say this and you sense that so you give them the space or it might be something very personal like a loss of somebody where words just don't cut it sometimes just being quiet and saying nothing just being there for the person that's enough so silence is a is a wonderful way of communicating, uh, but it, it's another form of listening. And is it fair to say that silence or, or, or the scale of silence is reducing because of the fact that we are rarely bored now? Where yes, that, yes. Because our phone takes us away from that sense of silence. Away. Distraction, yeah. distraction. We live in a world of total distraction. So the second side of, of, of its verbal strategies would be conversing. Now, this is where the Irish should be really, really mm-hmm. good. But, you know, the big problem with most of us in our conversation and when I deal with people with social anxiety, and by the way, anywhere out there with social anxiety, you can get rid of it in, a, in literally in about six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, if you're prepared to put the, the effort in. And there's lots of techniques here to, to tell you how to do it. But from a practical point of view, one of the biggest problems for me with somebody with social anxiety or all of us find ourselves in a wedding or a function or something like that. And we're stuck beside somebody and we, we don't know them and we have nothing in common with them. So the real skill of conversation is, for example, learning, for example, to take yourself out of the center of being attention, because that will, that's what we all love to do. We all love to put ourselves into this being the center of attention. Um, again, we chasten and don't manage the silences. Uh, again, we're not very good in social situations because we want to overpower people to tell them how much we know. And something that really saddens me greatly, and it's so Irish, you, you talked about it as being nosy, but actually we're losing our sense of curiosity and wonder because our phones are killing that. So uh, for me, the most wonderful thing of all is to find out about another person. Find out, it's, for me, there's a sense of wonder that I know nothing about this person. I know nothing about the area they live in but, or that they work in, but I want to know everything about them. So uh, people respond so positively when you show that active interest in them. And showing active interest means that I actually focus on you with all my body language, which brings us to the, to the whole world of nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. And most of us don't realize that about 56 percent at least of our communications is nonverbal. So we're having two conversations here. We're listening and talking to each other, but our eyes are picking up. Uh, and uh, all these and our, our ears are picking up and our, uh, we're looking at body language. We're looking at our facial expressions, our eye contact. 
uh, and we're learning so much about, uh, you know, does this seem in harmony? That's the magic word. Are you in harmony with what you're saying? So if I'm kind of a typical politician, I'm, uh, uh, I hope there's no politicians looking, <laughs> but who are looking over my shoulder me as they're talking to you because they're seeing something more important behind you. Now, if you're really a good social connector, you will make sure that that person feels you're they're the only person in the world that you're communicating with at that moment in time. And that's one of that's eye contact, facial expressions, my body language, my body posture, how I shake hands with somebody. That's I a really a important one. And that's a really yes. old school. Yes. yes. That, that's a really old school nonverbal. It's yes. the handshake. The handshake. There's so nothing worse simple. than a weak handshake. It oh, is the most. It, it is absolutely absolutely absolute. So I tell you exactly in the book how do I do a proper <laughs> handshake? My goodness, how many people don't do that yeah. properly? Because that nothing like a limp, weak handshake. You know, it is that the biggest turn off. And you feel yourself absolutely. Yeah. Or the other thing that's really bad is the crunching handshake. Oh, yeah. The person who wants to kind of overpower yeah. you. No, it's a. It's it. It should be a gentle, respectful way of communicating by touch. And sometimes some people in some countries love the hug. Oh, and yeah, the I'm, Irish I'm, love I'm the hug. Yeah. I'm a hugger. Yeah. So either you're a hugger or you're a handshaker. And you have to work out for yourself which which is more comfortable yeah. for you. And in the book Or I you go for the kiss you, on the cheek. Or the kiss in the yeah, cheek. Which like, is very, very controversial very, now. Very, years well, ago that was in very the old days, Well of course in, 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 in the Mediterranean it's 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 almost bilateral, yeah. do you know what I mean? So but I honestly think that for the majority of us, the handshake is the most uh, comfortable for most mm -hmm. of us. If we're very comfortable with the person, it might be a hug. Yeah. And sometimes the two together. And also our distance. I, I talk about personal space here, making sure that you don't invade somebody's personal space. And I lay out the 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 different personal spaces for social interactions, which a very good rule of thumb is about it's, it's if you stretch out your hand and the other person stretch out, out their hand, that's the comfortable distance. Oh, OK, that's okay. a nice way of knowing because there's nothing yes. worse than someone being in, in your, your in face. your face. It's very if so you suffer if you with social anxiety, it's yeah, a very, it's exactly. a very overwhelming yes, experience. Overwhelming. So really important. So personal like the social spaces is really up to about six to 12 feet, that kind of area. Okay, so it's probably what, as yeah, we're chatting yeah, now chatting is about right. Personal, or maybe a little bit closer. But between one and a half and four feet is people you know really well. Okay. Now, they're very comfortable. They can chat away to you and you're yeah. quite comfortable. But one and a half, one to one and a half or a feet is, is the intimate distance. Yeah. That's the people you love. That's the people around you, your family, oh, your direct yeah, okay. people. And you're very comfortable in those. So it's learning to know your own personal space. And, and the, all of these things are, are a form of respect. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're respecting and showing the other person that you care for them and that you're, you're taking an interest in and you're connecting properly with them. So then if we move on to the third set of skills, which is the whole area of people to people skills. And these are wonderfully important skills. How would you love, for example, to be very empathetic? I mean, empathy is the heart of great communication. If you don't show empathy, if I can't feel empty with somebody, I know I'm in trouble immediately. Empathy is the ability there's, uh, to emotionally, for starters, be able to interconnect between the, the two minds and brains of the person. It's, 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 a very, it's very much done by an area called the mirror neuron system, where literally I'm mirroring in my brain what you, what's, what, what's going on in your mind and your brain. Do you know what I mean? So we're in harmony. So when I'm talking to you emotionally, 
I'm, I'm able to kind of sense where you're at from an emotional point of view. And there you sense where I'm at from an emotional point of view. And we have this wonderful interaction going on between us. And, and that means that person will immediately relax. So if, for example, let me give you a great example. You go down to the supermarket and you meet this lovely girl and she chats away at you. She fills all your basket and she helps you and she sends you off with a smile and you come away feeling great. Mm -hmm. The next week you meet her alter ego, uh, Miss, Mrs. Jones and Mrs. Jones or Mr. Jones, Could be Mr. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Jones, I have to be very careful <laughs> in this world we live in. Uh, Mr. Jones <laughs> is absolutely awful and he scowls at you and he frowns at you and he fires things at you and, and he, you go and you and you go off with a kind of a, almost a, a scowl in your face mm -hmm. and you feel kind of very negative. The first, you had a positive empathy experience and the second, you had a negative empathy experience. So you just think about every person you meet in life, every interaction, you have to be aware, I have the chance to either positively or negatively impact this person. If I have a mental health problem and I negatively impact them, I send them back even deeper into trouble. But even from a from a general relationship and, and friendship and working situation, suppose I was able to make people feel very comfortable and, and, and be able to, to fill in that space. Well, then what happens is I can then move to a second really important one that nobody ever talks about. Everybody talks about emotional empathy, but nobody ever talks about cognitive empathy. And cognitive empathy is where I'm able, once we've created this bond, now, if there's a problem going on in either of our lives, we can put on a different part of our brain and cognitively take a perspective on what's been happening and try and solve the problem between us. And those two forms, if you can relate to a person with emotional and cognitive empathy, you will have a friend for life. It's amazing. It has this extraordinary, you'll come away from that conversation feeling a completely changed person. So you just think of the power you have within yourself to, to, to communicate with, with other people doing this. And then, of course, there's the, the other uh, two other wonderful people to people skills. Is the first one is reading nonverbal cues. And my God, do we get this one wrong? How often do we meet somebody and everything about them kind of it almost repulses us and we feel, oh, I don't like this person. And if I meet this person again, I'm going to pull away from them. And then later on, we find actually that we got it totally wrong. They were actually really, really nice person and that they were maybe having a really bad day or they were very stressed or something was going on in their lives. So reading, learning how to read these cues and learning to not always assume your first impressions are wrong. There is a little piece of advice for you until proved otherwise. Now, of course, in certain situations, if, for example, you're a female or you may get a very bad vibration, never ignore that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just routine uh, interactions. And a third critical one and one that's really important for me uh, is the whole area of what do I do in awkward social situations? What do I do when there's a conflict going on? Where does, uh, uh, And of course, if I can learn the skill of managing conflict, you are the ultimate connector. You know the kind of people that are able to bring the temperature down? They seem to be able to kind of get people to kind of interact better together. Well, the secret of, of that is that most people, when they get into conflict situations in, in interactions, say at work or in relationships, what happens is each person is firstly taking it too personally. They're, tr they're getting too emotional. They're, they're trying to dominate the other person. They're trying to kind of say, my way, my way is the right way. And of course, all of this is counterproductive to the whole world of good communication. So the secret is to 
take the heat out of it. Stop making it personal. It's about an issue going on between us. It's not personal. Take the emotions out of it. Take the heat down. And then try and always listen again. We're back to listening. Listen carefully to what is the other person bothered about. And teaching teaching you or teaching yourself to be patient, try to work out their perspective and their point of view, and then try and switch it into a problem-solving situation. And it's astonishing how it just takes the whole temperature down and you can resolve so many issues. And the last uh, part the, of the book is all, is all about things like personal skills. Mm-hmm. And for me, the most important and we, personal skill, we've talked about this, Carl, before, it's, 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 it, I live and breathe this. Um, I always say I live and breathe empathy, I live and breathe emotions, and I live and breathe self-acceptance. Because self-acceptance is, is, these are the personal skills, and the first key one would be self-acceptance. And that's where we learn to stop rating ourselves, to stop mm-hmm. being so hard on ourselves, stop allowing other people rate us. Learn to and it's, kind of, it's tough yes. in the modern world, though, isn't it's it? Because of the fact we're, we're rated from our likes, oh, our, our shares, oh, well, you see, uh, our, all of that, you like just the think social... It, you just think about it from a, a social media point of view. Zuckerberg and, and his friends realized that if he could, they could get people to rate their lives versus each other, they were going to make a fortune. And they have. And the trouble is we have fallen into the trap of believing that human beings can be rated. That we as human beings can, can you know, that we can almost rate one person versus another person. We can judge ourselves and judge other people. And we are so hard on ourselves and so unkind on ourselves. And all our young people are destroyed by social media and they're, they're playing this crazy game on Instagram and all these other things where they're trying to project, project this perfect life. Mm-hmm. Life is not perfect. Life is full of difficulties and problems and, and, and life, hurt. Life and, is a catastrophe yes, in many regards. Yes, it is. Life is very tough. So the idea that I should never fail, because that's really what the, that's what rating is all about. Self-acceptance is about accepting that it's okay to fail. I'm not a failure as a person, but it's okay to fail in any in tasks that I do. And the only failure in life is not getting back up again. So self-acceptance is teaching myself all these particular types of skills. And... Uh, I, I like I show people in the book how you develop self-acceptance. And if there's one thing I would love for everybody listening today, the great gift that I would love to pass to you is the gift of self-acceptance, unconditional self-acceptance, where you're happy with yourself, you're comfortable with yourself, but you take responsibility for your actions and to stop rating yourself, stop judging yourself, stop playing the rating game. And I guarantee you, you'll have so much peace and happiness will come into your life if you can if you can develop that. It's a secret to, to anxiety, to stress, so many different issues. And even when yeah. it comes to that social anxiety yes. component, that self-acceptance ties obviously into a Perfect. huge amount of that. Perfectly. Social anxiety. By the way, anybody out there with social anxiety, two little key things for you. Social anxiety about perception versus reality. In other words, you have a perception of what happens in a social situation. The reality is totally different. And secondly, we're all self-obsessed, the whole lot of us. And that includes myself. <laughs> and a loving line for anybody with social anxiety, none of us are important as we think we are. <laughs> there is a great line, including me. Yeah, yeah. So I have to say this to myself regularly. Do you know what I mean? None of us are as important as we think we are. But the other kind of personal skills that I, I would love people to develop would be kindness. Kindness to ourselves, kindness to other people. If, if in your social interactions, you could develop empathy and kindness and curiosity, those kind of gifts. And they're very, they're very free. They're very they don't free. Cost anything. They don't cost anything. There's yeah, no yeah. major deal. Smile, like smile thank smiles, you, all of that. Listening, yeah. time for other people, empathy, kindness. Um, 
Uh, and another, one of the two things that probably caused the greatest problem in, in the whole of communication are two words, frustration and hurt. And so many of us in modern life are so frustrated. We want the world to change to suit us and we don't want any hassle. We don't have any discomfort. And I have trans I've helped transform the lives of countless people by getting to see that words not going to change simply because we'd like it to change. Mm -hmm. So it's learning to that the only person who can change a life is us. But the trouble when we're frustrated, and this is where it causes trouble in communication, we get irritable and bad tempered and annoyed and we give out and, and other people kind of nearly pull away from us. So learning that you know, to challenge your own frustration levels. So there's three great questions in the book, do you know what I mean, as to how you simply do that and that you carry out over a period of time. And the other big one, of course, is hurt. And if there's one single uh, emotion that causes the greatest damage in emotional connection between human beings is hurt. Because when I'm hurt, what happens is I believe that everyone's treating me unfairly. The world is treating me unfairly. People are treating me unfairly. And I'm almost seeking it out in my relationships. And what happens is I become bitter. I become resentful. I become prickly, hypersensitive. Uh, don't walk in my, you know, how often do we say, God, don't walk in that person's mm -hmm. uh, uh, eggshells because you know you're going to have a problem. So if I could learn how to challenge my hurt, which I show you how to do in the book, learn how to drop the hurt, drop the grudge, all of those things go so far in, in terms of helping us as human beings to communicate. So this is really, I guarantee you, in five to ten years time, we will be returning to this over and over again because we're going to suddenly realize that these are the skills. These are the things that really matter. If you want to be happy in your life, successful in your life, um, successful in your career and your relationships and your friendships and your family life, these are the skills you need. I guarantee you all the tech, techie skills in the world, all it the comes, insights It comes back in the to world, just very simple tips and, and, and very, very simple tools. simple things. So the power of connection, I cannot, uh, I cannot emphasize more that if you want to really, uh, you know, have, have a proper fulfilled life, you know, get into the power of connection, learn its power, learn the power of the social brain, you know what I mean, to, to drive these incredible uh, and learn these skills and I think your life will be transformed from then on. Dr. Harry Berry, I love when we catch up. You're just, you're so knowledgeable and so passionate about what you do and you're so good at getting it out and getting it across. We are so delighted to have you in studio today. The very Thank best you. luck with the new book, The Power of Connection, available in all bookstores nationwide. Folks, that is it for another episode of Real Health. I really hope you enjoyed today's ep. Dr. Barry is a true expert in his field and we're delighted to have him in. I've worked with him many times over the last couple of years and, and I'm always delighted to do so. You know where we are, at Carl Henry PT on Instagram, realhealth at independent.ie and we'll see you next week for more Real Health. Slanger Fall.